This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. After Monday Night Football last night, the Chargers beat the Jets 27-6. Not exactly a high-powered offensive matchup between these two teams by any stretch of the imagination, although there is an interesting video that Adam Schefter, our NFL insider, has just put out there where after the game, Chargers safety Derwin James asked Aaron Rodgers, when are you coming back? Rodgers responded, a few weeks. Dun-dun. A few weeks. A few is two, three. How many is a few? How many are we looking at in terms of that, that terminology? No matter. I don't think it's going to be enough time for the Jets to fix that offensive line. <laughs> and that's a big issue. I mean, Zach Wilson got sacked eight times yesterday. Now, a lot of that is Zach holding on to the football longer than he should have to. But eight sacks can't all be on the quarterback. Some of that's got to be on the pass protection. If you're coming off of an Achilles injury and you're trying to do it in record time, you don't want to be doing it behind that offensive line. But that's really the shame of it all, those balls. The Jets have everything else. Mm -hmm. They have the skill position players on offense. They have the defense playmakers on all three levels. The only thing that they're missing is a competent quarterback behind an average offensive line. If they had that, this team would win the division. That's why I predicted that the Jets should win the division. I thought the offensive line would be better with Makai Becton coming back healthy and Dwayne Brown coming back from an injury. But it's not. And then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in game one. So I, I guess the the travesty in it all is that the Jets didn't have a contingency plan for Aaron Rodgers missing some time in, in the way of having a solid number two quarterback. To me, that's the part of this that's franchise malpractice for Rob Sala and Joe Douglas. And we've got to get past the fact that you drafted Zach Wilson with the second overall pick in 2021. The dude is not a competent NFL quarterback. And I'm starting to feel like We've got enough of a sample size to think that he'll never be a competent NFL quarterback. And I'm wondering if the guys in the locker room aren't really that concerned with Zach Wilson because if Aaron Rodgers is telling Derwin James he's going to be back in a few weeks, he's certainly telling his teammates that too. So I'm wondering what the vibe is in the Jets' locker room. I know that they have a lot of hope surrounding Aaron Rodgers returning, but are they really believing that this is possible this season? Well, Here's the thing. I think there's there's two ways of looking at this. I think that if you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, if you have Pat Mahomes as your quarterback, I don't know that there's a such thing as a backup quarterback that can even come close and you can even win with. And they are so they are so based on the one guy. Like, their defense is amazing. We all get that. But they are so focused on Rodgers. I, I also think now that Rodgers, I think his motivation is setting a record for coming back and being the guy that comes back the shortest. And, I, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think it has to do with his feelings on, like, modern medicine and the way he recovers and everything like that. And I just – why? What's the point of this? Okay, you set a record. You came back sooner than anyone else. And then what? Then what happens? Like, your team's out of the playoffs, potentially. CC just gave you an X's and O's breakdown of the offensive line that's terrible. So now you're putting yourself behind that offensive line, which means you're at further risk of injury. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, okay? We all know you're an elite athlete. We all know you don't believe in the same things that maybe the masses believe in. That's, who cares? That's your yeah, right. That, yeah. that's, not, that's not wrong. It's mm-hmm. your right to feel the way you feel about that. But you're not impressing me by coming back sooner than anyone else because I don't know what good it does for you or your team, and your team may be out of it by then. And ultimately, where I see this going is a standoff between the organization and Rodgers because the organization is going to have to protect this man from himself. Like, we have a massive investment in you. We think we can win big with you. 
We just don't think we can do it this year because it's too far gone. So please, we know you want to set a record for a comeback. We don't want you to be hurt again. We want you ready for game one next year. That's our focus. And this, to me, is heading into that direction of, I want to come back before anyone else. Them saying to him, hey, Aaron, we're, we're five and seven. It doesn't matter if you come back before anyone else. No, I want to do this. Then what happens? No, I get what you're saying, and I guess the motivation for Aaron Rodgers is to be able to set that record, like you said. That might be something that he needs mentally to get through the rehab part of this, especially early on, because that's always the toughest part when you talk about a rehab from a major injury. But let's not forget about the impact that Aaron Rodgers potentially coming back has on the rest of this locker room, right? These guys have been told all offseason that they're a quarterback away, and we got the quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. We got eight. Like Sauce Gardner went out and got Aaron Rodgers a diamond encrusted chain, and it inspired Woody Johnson to get his own diamond encrusted chain. Like they've they've hinged on this season being different because of Aaron Rodgers, because of the quarterback. And so I understand why both Rodgers and the organization will entertain him coming back this season from an Achilles, even though it's improbable for a quarterback in his age forty season. But I do want to ask you about the first point that you made when it comes to the backup quarterback situation. Yeah. Because I get it. Any backup quarterback is not going to come close to what Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah. But that's not the point. Can the backup quarterback be better than what Zach Wilson is to the point where your defense feels like they got a chance to be competitive in most games? To me, that's the biggest issue with the Jets. We saw it last year, the difference between Zach Wilson and competent quarterback play in Mike White. How did the Jets look in Mike White starts as opposed to Zach Wilson starts? It was a world away. And that's the only question that I have for New York. When you saw that Aaron Rodgers was going to be out for this amount of time, why would you roll with Zach Wilson if there was a potential upgrade to be had by the trade deadline? Josh Dobbs, for all intents and purposes, represented an upgrade, even though he didn't have the wins to support that. We know that because we actually watched the games. We watched what happened on Sunday. Josh Dobbs had days to prepare. Didn't even know his teammates' names. Led a game-winning drive, including converting on a fourth and seventh with his legs for 22 yards to move the ball in the red zone for the go-ahead score. Like, Zach Wilson has never done that. We haven't seen that from Zach. And I guess my point is, you owe it to the guys on the defensive side of the ball to go after somebody like that if that's a potential if that's a potential for you to be able to acquire a player like that. And they didn't do that, and I think it it ultimately amounts to franchise malpractice, and you saw it in the fourth quarter because that defense that was playing so well let go of the rope last night. Do you think that this is also part of the Aaron Rodgers residue on Zach Wilson? Because Aaron Rodgers has been incredibly influential in this organization since since they signed him. And yeah. we saw in Hard Knocks, we saw this offseason, the way that Aaron Rodgers was working with Zach Wilson, the strides that he took, the confidence that was reinstilled in him. And do you think maybe they thought, okay, well, because Aaron is a mentor to him and because he's imparted all of this knowledge on him in such a short amount of time, maybe we'll see a different version of him? I'm sure they felt that way, but Zach Wilson has the worst QBR of every starting quarterback except Bryce Young. And Bryce Young is a rookie in Carolina with not a lot around him. Every other quarterback in the league, he's worse than. That's what the numbers tell us. Mm -hmm. That's what watching the game told us. The Jets didn't have a chance. There are things that are routine when it comes to quarterback play in the NFL that Zach Wilson struggles with. And on top of that, you compound it with the ball security issues and the lack of situational awareness. This is not a guy that can be trusted. 
And, and, and that's why it's tough to watch this Jets team and this defense go out and play the way that they did and give this team a chance and their offense not do anything with the football. They held the Chargers to 190 yards of total offense last night. You know how hard that is to do, Smalls? 190 yards of total offense. That is pitching a shutout defensively. And yet they can't take advantage of it because of how bad their offense is. So to go back to the question you asked about the backup quarterback, I guess I, I don't know how we can say – now, I, I think that what we need to do is play the results in a positive way for the Jets. So I don't know how we can say around the league there aren't enough good starters and then also say that the Jets should have found a better backup because that doesn't exist if there aren't enough good starters. What does exist is playing the result of Josh Dobbs, if you're going to use that as a tangible example, which is, okay, we've seen what Dobbs can do, we've seen what Wilson can do, and we know that Rodgers wants to come back. Who's the better bridged quarterback to get us there in season? And I don't think there's any question that it's Dobbs. So, in essence, if it's a sixth-round pick, could you have gone a fifth-round pick to get him? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I don't understand what the starters have to do with it, though. Because if there aren't enough good starters around the NFL, how can we blame the Jets for not having a good enough backup? Teams can't find starters. You had a backup in the building! Mike it, White was in the building. What how, are you talking about? So, but that, the problem Mike, with Mike that White is, Mike White was there. He was there. He signed a two-year, eight million dollar contract with the Miami Dolphins. This is a guy that the team was wearing T-shirts with his picture on oh, it. Oh, they loved him. Ro- they it loved was electric. Him. Yeah. Well, what are you talking about? They, they could have had Mike White as a backup. Josh Dobbs was there at the trade deadline. They had the opportunity. If you knew you were going to go down the Rodgers road at the end of last season, which they clearly did, then why wouldn't you do that? Because of Zach Wilson's contract, and they drafted him. Number two overall. $9 million cap hit, $20 million dead cap hit. They put It's already out. a sunk cost. My whole point is it's already a sunk cost. Like, we're sitting there watching the videos of them boarding the plane to go to Minnesota to play the Vikings, and they got Mike effing white T-shirts on. They had – it might not be enough quality starting quarterbacks to go around, but you don't need a guy that you think is going to have to start every single game. You just need a guy that can come in and be competent for a stretch of games – when your starter is out. Now, unfortunately for them, Aaron Rodgers got knocked out. But if you had Mike White or if you had Josh Dobbs, I'm pretty sure the record would there be about the same. And you could have more upside in terms of what your season would look like because you know your quarterback is not going to be an impediment to your defense and special teams. It's a lot of money at the quarterback position for three guys then. I guess they would have had to figure out a way of getting rid of Zach Wilson altogether, which they didn't want to admit that mistake, Aaron I guess. Aaron Rodgers gave back $35 million. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you could have found $4 million a year for Mike White. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not arguing that part of it. I'm arguing, you asked the why, and I said because of the fact that the Zach Wilson contract, I guess, is probably why at that point. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of money in that, in that spot. That's a lot of but money. But think about, think about how much money you're spending on your salary cap for a sunk season because you don't have a competent quarterback. You're, 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 you're basically lighting $230 million on fire because you decided to roll with Zach Wilson as your number two, knowing how the rest of that team feels about Zach. And knowing do you think the they mess- still feel that way? I'm sure they do. After, after watching the defense fold the way they did in the fourth quarter, I know they do. They don't believe that Zach Wilson gives them a chance. Now, they had some they, – listen, they, they almost lost a game, Ev, where the backup quarterback for the Giants – well, the backup to the backup and Tommy DeVito threw the ball one time in a half of football. They were a Graham Gano field goal away from losing that game. <laughs> think, about how, think about how bad your offense has to be if you almost lose a game where the team's quarterback only has one pass attempt in a half of football. That's how bad – the, 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 the New York Jets offense is. So, yeah, I don't think that there's 
a whole lot of goodwill in that locker room for Zach Wilson. And here's the problem. It only gets exacerbated by what the organization told the locker room all offseason, which was we are an Aaron Rodgers away from being a championship contender. Coming up, Jeff Saturday will join us in studio. Talk NFL with him and more of your phone calls at 888-SAY-ESPN on Sports Betrayal. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. And joining us in studio, ESPN NFL analyst Jeff Saturday. You'll see him on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Jeff, we've been talking a lot today about sports betrayal. Craig Council, manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, from Wisconsin, played for the Brewers, worked for the Brewers forever, goes to the Cubs. Everybody's saying he totally betrayed them. In your <laughs> lifetime, is there something that comes to your mind with sports Ooh. betrayal where a guy from your team signed with another team or as a fan or whatever it may be, that's something that triggers sports betrayal? I'm going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, man, because business is business. There ain't no such thing in my life. Like, all, like I, I'm not a fan. Bro, I made a living <laughs> in sports. I ain't a fan, bro. Like, I, I respect it. I don't. <laughs> you know, so the, you the man who's writing me Patriots. a check, bro, absolutely. They pay the right amount. <laughs> they pay the right amount. I'll be in New England, bro. Uh, yeah, this is uh, – yeah, when you, when you make your living doing this thing, I ain't nearly as bound up to what team we all play for. Like, yeah, we don't have the uh, – no, I don't, I don't have that gene. You would have yeah. left, left Peyton for Brady if the money was right. I mean, at, at the time, I probably would not have because the Colts made the money right. But if it was like, if, if I'm looking at $100 million or $5 million, I'm the Patriot way all the way. Right? Like, like, let's be real, right? Like, like, Welcome like, aboard. Yeah, like Welcome my, to death row. Like, like, mama and my kids ain't worried about which helmet decal is on the side of that thing, bro. You know, you're like, it all depends. I guess you got to put it in, in context. How different is it really, right? That's the deal. As long as that 
that direct deposit hit on Tuesday, <laughs> we good. Right. We, we in good that's shape. Right. That that's money right. hit right, we good. I can assure you, there ain't nearly the loyalty y'all think there is on the other side. Thousand so. percent, <laughs> a thousand percent. Je- Jeff, I'm not gonna sit here and bore you about asking you with last night's game. I do oh, want to ask you about our guy AP Antonio Pierce. Yeah, he picks up his win in his interim head coach debut. Now, you, last year you were wearing that title for the Colts. You picked up a win your first game as the yeah. interim head coach. Can you talk to us a little bit about the prospects of Antonio Pierce and what needs to happen now in order to have an opportunity to secure the gig full-time? Yeah, well, I, mean, I think he's in a much better position. I mean, I, I think him him taking over at this point, he's been in the building, right? Like, he knows coordinators, you know. So, for a guy like me, I came outside the building. I had no relationship with any of the coaches, any of the players, um, other than the, other than Frank, who had just gotten, you know, fired. And, and so, as you're looking at – how he's walking into this position, man, he he has credibility already built with players. They know who he is. They know how he's has responded throughout the season in good times and in bad times because they went through some bad. So they kind of know him. I, I think he's in a great position. He, he Listen, you and I both know I worked with him, him here at ESPN for a number of years. And he and I were both coaching high school football at the time. We would trade different information and get on huddle together. Mm-hmm. This dude is a – he is a straight shooter. Like, he, he completely – like, what you see is what you get. He's going to walk in, tell you what he thinks, and and uh, players appreciate that. You can tell they have – you know, they, they've gotten a little rejuvenated. You know, the, the, the excitement on the sideline. What gave it away? Smoking cigars in the locker room? The boys are fired up. <laughs> All that being said, though, it's, it's finding a way to be consistent – for his football team, right? He's made the change now at QB, but it's all of those guys keeping that same level of energy each and every week, which I think he'll be able to do. Because you saw Jacobs, I mean, the way he's running, golly, he, he was running like his hair's on fire, yeah, right? Was, like this yeah. dude was, he was putting this pad. But it's getting that consistency week in and week out, which I think he'll be able to do. But that's that's probably the most exciting part for me. Jeff, one of the biggest games of the weekend was Dallas-Philly. And the Eagles gave... Dallas every possible chance to win that yeah, game, they and they couldn't get it done. When you look at the Cowboys, they ha- they have the talent. Why can't they get it done? Is there something from a football sense that you're seeing as to why they have so many self inflicted mistakes? No, I mean, listen, the, the management at the end of the game was poor. I, and like, I, it, listen, I I'm one of the ones I've been, you know, I, I've never gotten off the Dak train, right? I think he's a very good football player. I do not think Dak is the problem for the Cowboys. But when you got down into the red zone, he, he can't take that sack. You still can't get beat like that but you can't you can't take that sack on first and throw the ball in the stands and then let's replay like they're just there are so many opportunities on you know why don't you spike it with 13 which should be coming in your ear as the quarterback after the sack there was a number of different the issues two point conversion two, yeah yeah we step but I mean you know he's getting chased it's like all of those things mount up and especially in big games and so they become magnified in big games this is still a very good play. I still think this is the third or fourth best team in the NFC. I'm telling you, like it's going to get overshadowed, but the reality is them not going to get a Derrick Henry is going to be a problem. Like mm-hmm. They don't have a – I mean, I, th- I think he, I think he uh, Pollard had 50 yards or 51 yards. 15 came on one play. Like He's a home run type hitter. He's an explosive runner. He's not a bring-your-own-blocker runner. No. Nope. And that's what they have to have. Like, what ended up separating those two teams at the end of the game was O-line, D-line. And I've said it the whole time. Their D-line got after Dallas at the end. They got pressure, still had a bad day. Um, they got pressure on them, and, and Dak didn't make great 
But listen, C.D. Lamb is playing like a one. Dak is playing good enough to keep him and win a bunch of big games. They're still in this thing, but that's what's going to have to separate them at the end of the at the end of the year. It is on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Joined by Jeff Saturday. You'll see him 8 a.m. Eastern on Get Up on ESPN. Jeff, are the Cardinals making the right move if they start Kyler Murray? Yeah, you got to you got to figure this out. I mean, listen, like Kyler Murray is is going to be a significant cap hit if you if you try to get rid of it. I think it's fi- almost fifty million dollars mm. one way that. So, but if even if you're going to try to trade him, like they got people got to see that he can go play. Like they got to see that he's healthy and that he can go play. Um, and in my opinion, he still might be your quarterback next year. <laughs> like like let's let's not miss that point. Like this guy could come out, light it up. And you go, okay, we have our quarterback. We're still going to draft extremely high. They're not going to win a whole bunch of games, even with Kyler. Like, they're 1-8. So wherever they are, end up drafting, it's going to be high. Go get a Harrison Jr., right? Like, like let's, go get a, let's go get a dude, right? We can, go, we can go build our team around him if he is our guy. I, I, I am not of the mindset that you just go, okay, Kyler Murray is no longer our quarterback. Let's see if he can go play. If he's healthy, and, and which it sounds like he is, I'm letting it rip and seeing what we got there. I think they're, I think they're doing the, the right thing 100%. That's real interesting because they also have the Texans' first-round draft pick, too, because right. of the trade they did. Yeah, which, um, which yeah. well, they're playing. It's it, might be a, mid- it might be a top half of the yeah. first-round pick, hey, which, we'll, is, which is still good. We'll take them. We'll Absol- stack them. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Jeff, I do want to ask you about C.J. Stroud because he puts together an oh, all-time yeah. performance. 470 yards passing, five touchdowns, no picks. There's only the sixth quarterback to be able to put together a game like that. And this dude is a rookie, 14 touchdowns (laughs) to one interception. Now, I want to give credit where credit is due. Our very own Evan Cohen said this yesterday morning. That C.J. Stroud belongs in the MVP conversation. Oh. Dan Orlovsky co-signed that yesterday afternoon in a tweet and on NFL Live, if I'm not mistaken. I want to ask you, does C.J. Stroud belong in the MVP conversation? No. No. And, and, and listen, I love – You I, get I, him just to say no. No. I, I, he sets you up. Man, he – like, he, like we had talked before. He's like, yeah, he's going to say absolutely. Yeah. Set it up, chopped him down. Yeah, yeah. I think they make the playoffs, to be fair. Okay, okay. I, now, there, now there we're good. There, there's Dan Olasky. Yeah. There's we appreciate Dan, Dan listening I'm to just, our show. I'm just, I'm just saying. Okay, I'm here, just here, and here's why I would say – it, because this is why I would say that. This is not a shot at Stroud because I think he is an absolute baller and is playing out of his mind. Is MVP is really narrowed down to the three quarterbacks on the three best teams is basically what's going to happen. They're going to have to be. It's going to have you know whether it's whether it's going to be Mahomes you know because they're they're making a run hurts because they're making a so run. So is it Lamar, Lamar, Lamar Jalen Hurts and Mahomes? That's right. Like that's <laughs> that's where we are, y'all. Like that's where we are. Like that's the so it, like I wish I wish the NFL would do like a Cy Young one. Like let's just do a QB award like separate. Yes, and then have like a real MVP yeah. because we all know that it, nobody's getting a fair shot. Like separate this group of guys and go okay because they always win the MVP and that's not all. Always, the you know the but it's because of that position in football at this point. It's just it's all, and, and unfortunately that's what it is because guys like Stroud get lost in the shuffle because they'll end up being you know nine and whatever or ten and, whatever, and, they, and they'll just get overshadowed. But, but let me let me follow that up real quick. Okay, so nine quarterback that you would vote for for MVP. Oh, uh, McCaffrey would be on there. Okay. Um, uh, Micah Parsons would have been on there for me. Who else? Who else? Uh, Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill. A.J. Brown. Miles Garrett. Oh, no. Uh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. Like, think about what this dude is doing. This dude, you throw it up, he grabs it and goes scores. Like, this dude is a stud, <laughs> and he's going to get no burn in That's this true. thing. That's true. Which yeah. is a shame, right? Because he's on pace for 1,900 yards yeah, yeah. receiving. And you don't think Jalen Hurts <laughs> is benefiting from that? 
You don't think you don't think that Tua is benefiting from two thousand yards from uh, you know from from Tyreek Hill? Hill. Yep. Like, but, but we ain't never gonna talk about that. Now Mahomes is gonna earn it because he's gonna be throwing to Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> some dudes who might not catch it. So if he's up there, hey, two, you know, tipping the cap to you, my man, because you are overcoming right he's now. Throwing to Kelsey and some extras <laughs> yeah, from the State dude, Farm commercial. Some dudes that may or may, Jake. <laughs> may, or may not. What was the? He, he's on the T-Mobile one too. Yeah, exactly. He got a dude taking off their coat. Yeah, that's who he's throwing to right now. It's a shame. Jeff, let's finish with this. We'll draw upon your head coaching experience for this. Did Arthur Smith make the right move in shaving the mustache? Oh, oh. <laughs> I like that. I like the stash. I like the stash. I think he looked tough. He looked tough. But I, I don't know if it's like we're shaving to start a new, you know what I mean? Like you never know why dudes make a move. See, he writes guys off with the mustache. Yeah, so he so like changed it. quarterbacks going right. to Taylor Heineke. That didn't work. So now shaving Not off the mustache? Yeah, it's like it's like a rally cap. Okay. He's trying I, don't, to, I don't think they're going to rally to save his job. Trying, I'm sorry, bro. He's trying to not gonna happen. Oh, I actually, I actually love the dude, man. I, I can't believe Yeah, it is. It is. It's ugly, dude. Yeah, it's, it's ugly. ugly. It's ugly right now. Yeah, listen. You know I what? The stash is better. I'm looking on ESPN too. You're right. The stash looks better. The stash looks tough, doesn't it? Like now that when you see him without a hat, like the yeah. other thing too is that they're like kind of like he's kind of like a golfer. Like you never see him without his hat on. Yeah, yeah that's not a great look, look for yeah, him. That thing's backed that, up. Yeah. There's been a lot of pushback because that, of the that, game. That, for, that been, forehead. Yeah, he's that starting to look like a five head. Yeah, he got that Manning forehead so, yeah, going. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, this is his identity. The hat mustache looks like he's a seven win coach so far this season. The other picture looks like he got fired and we have to look at the before and I after. Think the four, I think the yeah. forehead is a bigger issue than no facial hair. Oh. Like the forehead is starting to trend toward drive-through movie yeah. screen. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Like that's and, and that's a sizable forehead. And make sure you watch the Manning cast on Mondays. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We're talking about the forehead. So wow. They did, no, the wow. reason I said last night they did a funny bit with Trevor Lawrence in the forehead. Oh, yeah. That was solid. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was solid. That was hilarious. <laughs> they made Trevor Lawrence into Peyton and Peyton into Trevor oh, Lawrence. And yeah. the shape of uh, the shape of <laughs> very odd. Like yeah. the like the little the little thing right there. <laughs> <laughs> that is some man. The divot. Some the divot. Yeah, the little divot the on divot. the both sides. <laughs> yeah. We can do this forever. Not we gotta a, get Jeff over to man, get up. We gotta Jenny. take a break. It's unsportsmanlike <laughs> on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. See, why we got to do this? Patriots stink. We got to talk about them? They're 2-7. and seven. Well, yeah, here's why. So, Greeny yesterday on Greeny, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time here on ESPN Radio, redefined the Patriot way. The Patriot way of Bill Belichick is also the Patriot way of Bill O'Brien... Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell, Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. The one thing they all have in common is they are terrible head coaches. Why? When one wonders about the Patriot way today, 
maybe one just wants to write a 12 on the board. It is starting to feel increasingly like that. Now, I'm never going to be one who's going to take credit away from Bill. I think he is an outstanding coach. But with every passing day, it becomes harder and harder to avoid what appears to be the case, that the Patriots were about Brady first and foremost, and then everything else. And you know who I think would agree with that statement is um, Bill Belichick, who's always said players first, players win games, coaches lose games. And Belichick was asked a lot of questions at his press conference about his job security. Bill, have you been given any assurances from ownership about your job status for the rest of the season? Yeah, my focus is on getting ready for the Colts. Do you personally believe that you could be coaching for your job this week against the Colts? I'm going to control it. I can control it and get ready for the Colts. Just how has this season you know, affected you personally, and has it you know enhanced or diminished your desire to continue coaching? Yeah, I do the same thing. I always do it. Try to do the best I can to help our team every week. And has it affected you one way or the other? What have you learned about yourself during a season like this, and how have you kind of evolved in any, any ways? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. So here's what we know about the Pats. They're How not, have you evolved? They're not yeah, good. I don't know. Right? They're not good. Be, I would say mainly because the quarterback is not good. They don't need to worry about tanking because they're losing anyway. There's no tanking yeah. to be had. Mm-hmm. They're still going to put in max effort to try to win games. They won't actually do that. So what then becomes next for Belichick? Well, I think the roster is not good. You're saying the quarterback, the roster isn't in a place where it's going to allow them to be competitive in their division or in their conference. And so on that, you have to blame Belichick, the GM, for making it that much harder for Belichick, the head coach. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Patriot way is all Tom Brady because Belichick was the one that set the culture for Tom Brady to develop into the greatest Mm -hmm. quarterback of all time. What I will say is the lack of success by the assistant coaches in part shows the genius of Bill Belichick. He's just so great at being able to coach all facets of the game that all of these other assistants look like they're going to be great head coaches because of their proximity to him, because he is involved in every single aspect of game planning Every single aspect of coaching when it comes to position groups on a football team, because he's been so good, those guys have been able to ride those coattails to being able to have job opportunities that they're probably not as prepared for because Bill Belichick was involved in in their individual success with the Patriots organization. So from that standpoint, I will push back on what Greeny said, but it doesn't change the results for the Patriots in terms of what they need to do moving forward. They need to move on from Bill Belichick. It's time. There is no easy way to transition away from a legend, but they have the fewest wins of any team in their respective conference. I don't know how much worse it has to get before it's clear and obvious that he's no longer the person for the job. I don't see a world that exists in which you can strip away his personnel control in the organization and keep him as the head coach. And for that reason, I think this thing is headed toward a bitter divorce. Yeah, I don't know how you diminish his role in any way and that he's going to be fine with that. I I just think you either stick with him and let him write his own ending, which doesn't seem like a feasible option, or he's going to have to move on elsewhere. And you're going to have to move on elsewhere as an organization. But what is the Patriot way? We talked about it for so long when they were winning as just kind of this banner that that 
encompass the organization. And I don't know, I think of, of a few tentacles of the Patriot way. Obviously, it's winning. You, they were able to always find that player that was seemingly on their end of their career that would want to come play in New England, and Bill Belichick would extract the best out of them, right? Mm-hmm. And they would always find a way to exploit the opponent. Evan, I over oh, both of you, like, is, is there any other things that you want to throw in there into, like, the tenets of the Patriot way? Nameless, faceless, team first mentality outside of one person. Outside of Brady? Outside of Brady. Everyone else is nameless, faceless, numberless. It's it's, what do you do? What is your job? Can you outperform your contract? And the moment we think you can't, we move on from you and get someone else who can. That is is in essence what it has has come down to. And then the the add-on to this now is the Patriots, in terms of what they do next— We've seen the Gerard Mayo and Mike Vrabel stuff. Like, that's that's really the thing. Smalls, before I finish that, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, if we go through the exercise of what we deem to be the Patriot way, what of what we're seeing right now resembles that? Because um, I don't I don't really see yeah. a lot of characteristics. Jabril Peppers, one player. <laughs> like, literally one player who wasn't as good somewhere else that he is now. But, like, the, the, in the old days with Brady there, they'd have 52 of those guys in addition to, to Brady, right? So, including Vrabel, who obviously is with the Titans. But if Vrabel and, and Mayo, let's say, are the targets for the Pats, if, if we're just playing this out and, and I want Belichick back as a Pats fan, what do you think is next for Belichick? Where, where is he? I, I don't here? see him hanging it up. I, I mean, I, I think this is a situation where the Patriots and Belichick explore moving him to another team that's in a position to win immediately. Like I know Such that as? I know I know that Florio floated the Washington Commanders, but I think that roster is in the the beginning stages of a multi-year rebuild. It's going to take some time before they're ready to win a championship. Now, Gary Myers from the New York Daily News floated the possibility of the Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys currently have a head coach in Mike McCarthy. But if Bill Belichick were to become available, that's an intriguing possibility. And Gary Myers goes along the lines of connecting the dots and talks about the personal relationship between Parcells and Belichick being better than it ever has been and also how Parcells laments the fact that he walked away after the heartbreaking of an emotional t- 2006 season with the Dallas Cowboys and how he would vouch for Jerry Jones being a good boss to work for. So I think all the ingredients are there. You don't need Belichick to be the person in charge of personnel. They've already got really good personnel. The question is whether or not Belichick would represent a clear and obvious upgrade from a coaching aspect to Mike McCarthy, and I think we all know the answer to that question. That's an emphatic yes. So here's a question. In the wake of the Brady-Belichick divorce, right now, I think across the board, we're saying Brady's the winner. He left. They, they were ready to move on from him. He left. He goes somewhere else. He wins the Super Bowl. If Belichick leaves New England and wins the Super Bowl <laughs> with the Dallas Cowboys... Are you saying Kraft is then the problem? Is that what you're no, going I'm no, just, no, I'm just saying no, those no, two. No, does no. that? But does that oh, oh, put him it swing, on equal it swing, footing? It swings back to Belichick. It swings no, the not just equal. Fi- not just equal footing. Okay. It swings back to Belichick. Why? Why All does of that? Us, well, think the Cowboys haven't been in the conference championship game in 27 years. Yeah, what did I 27 say? 27 years. He, people were born. They had kids. They raised them. They, they married them off. The college, they married them off, and they're babysitting their grandchildren. Yes. That's the last yeah, exactly. Time. That's the, the if you're a, they have the fifth longest conference championship grain drought in the NFL. If Belichick were to go there and win a Super Bowl, then all of a sudden we're talking about Belichick winning the divorce. It's a, it's a legacy shifter, even for someone who no has doubt. a huge legacy. No already. doubt. Glenn no in doubt. Massachusetts watching on ESPN2 on the Dr. Pepper call online at 888-SAY-ESPN. What's up, Glenn? Good morning, everybody. Yeah, on a very much related note, mine is Bill Belichick showing Tom Brady the door. How'd that work out for you, Bill? 
Well, we've been talking about sports betrayal all day in light of Craig Council, Brewers, there forever, going to the Cubs, out of nowhere, biggest rival, people feeling betrayed. Yeah, I guess a Pats fan, and I'm a Pats fan, could feel betrayed by letting Brady walk out the door. The problem is... Belichick been trying to get rid of him since 2016 or 24. Whenever he drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been trying to get rid of him since then. Yeah, and I think that there's obviously more than meets the eye at that time. I think they're much better now than they probably were then. I understand why we do the verses. I wish we did more of the ends. The end is not as sexy as the verses. Belichick versus Brady is way more sexy than Belichick and Brady winning six Super Bowls together. I get it. I'm dumb, but not that dumb. Coming up, I'm over it on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Yes, it is time for I'm Over It here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. At Unsports ESPN, by the way, Dr. Pepper inbox. We put out the question, biggest sports betrayal of all time. Our ESPN Radio teammate Jonathan Zaslow quote tweeted it, and it's a perfect lead-in for Pat. Have to go with Hulk Hogan betraying WCW and joining the NWO, Pat. <laughs> Pat, that's a good one, a wrestling one. That's pretty good. Hogan and Savage, Mega Powers, Miss Elizabeth back in the day. There's some betrayal in wrestling. What do you have for us today, Pat? It might be Bret Hart, actually. Oh, be well, yeah, Montreal Screwjob. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I'm going to start with Mayo Defenders. Oh. Mayo is gross. It's weird. Uh, it has a weird texture. It doesn't add enough to a sandwich or a burger or anything. Uh, people who eat it on, like, lobster with, like, lobster rolls and stuff, you're gross. You're That's just, you're all disgusting, and everyone's crazy who likes mayo. I like mayo. I like mayo. I stand by I my statement. I don't like mayo. I think it's absolutely disgusting. It's that. repulsive. Yeah. When you put it in the co- coffee, I almost had an you accident. You couldn't even say the words yeah, right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get choked up just thinking about that 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 imagery. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm all out on mayo. It's, it has no taste. It serves no purpose. Just seeing congealed fat that way is absolutely disgusting. It's it's revolting, the thought of it. It has a taste. You may not like the taste. There it definitely no, has a taste. What taste does mayonnaise have? I don't know how to it describe like it. It tastes no, like There mayo. is no taste. Give me a good There's turkey no sandwich. Turkey, Swiss, tomato, mayo. Perfect. <clears throat> Love it. A little mustard on there. No, mayo. I like mayo and mustard <clears throat> together. Mustard on Abby? <clears throat> you guys are gross. Do you That's like Miracle-It, Pat? It's are you disgusting. a Miracle-It no. fan? Oh, I love Miracle-It. Pat, you're gross. You, yeah, you don't like my mayo. my Midwestern yeah. food. How dare you? Know. You're gross that so you don't like mayo. Not us. We're not the gross ones. What else, Pat? Another food one. Uh, there are a lot of people who hate mint chocolate chip ice cream. 
I don't get why. Mint chocolate chip is delicious. It might be my favorite ice cream. This is, I mean, what are you trying to be Dan Orlovsky with terrible food takes today? Mint cho- you don't like mint chocolate it, chip? It's a difference between not no. liking it and ranking it number one. It might be number one. It's no. not number one. It feels like a palate cleanser. It doesn't feel like an actual ice cream that you go to an ice cream shop and say, hey, give me the mint chocolate chip. It feels like you've eaten something that you, ha- you want to get the taste out of your mouth, and then the dessert, you have mint chocolate chip. Why waste the calories of mint chocolate chip ice cream when you can just chew gum well that's, that's true that's too. ridiculous yeah i understand where yeah, you're going. Here, here's the thing i'm not going to an ice cream shop to order mint chocolate chip that's all never. the different flavors that they have available to me i'm not ordering that now if somebody has it in their freezer and offers it up to me probably not gonna say no pat but i'm not checking for mint chocolate chip <laughs> i'm not buying it out of the grocery store i'm not buying it at an ice cream shop i'm not having it with dessert if i'm going out to dinner at a restaurant I am not going to order the mint chocolate chip. If I am offered the mint chocolate chip, I will gladly accept it. But it's kind of one of those things like, okay, cool. Yeah, it, it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not revolting. I'm, I'm not appalled. Oh, it's better than mayo. I'm not appalled by it. But I'm also not going out of my way for it, if that makes sense. Here's the only caveat. What's up? If you have like a chocolate cake dessert at a restaurant and they bring you the mint chocolate chip on the side, it's nice to mix it in a little bit, but it's not the standalone order. I'd rather you have vanilla. Right. I agree with you. That's I agree good. with you. That's insane. That's and insane. I'd rather have vanilla. Vanilla? Like if you're getting like an apple pie? Mint chocolate chip? Way better than yeah. mint chocolate chip. Way better. Vanilla? Do you guys also better. not like Thin Mints? I like Thin Mints, but I like Tagalongs better. Out of the freezer, oh, okay. they're all right. Tagalongs are better in terms of the Girl Scout cookies. It's the same kind of thing. If you're going to an ice cream spot, you're not ordering mint chocolate chip. You'd order a cookies and cream. You ordered a, a s'mores, a peanut butter cup, whatever. Um, birthday cake. People love the birthday cake ice cream now. Mint chocolate chip is, oh, you guys got nothing left? All right, give me the in- mint chocolate in- chip. Interesting. I, I'm in on mint chocolate chip as an ice cream. I'm out on the actual mint cookies. Oh, so thin like mints thin, are thin out? Mints, what about what are those mints, things with the, the Girl green, Scout cookies? I'm out on those. What wow. about the green wrapper things? I'm opposed to them. Andy's mints. Oh, you Andy, talking, oh the Andy's yeah, mints yeah, that those they leave on the pillows <laughs> in the hotel? I like yeah. those. I don't, mind those. Yeah. don't mind those, but yeah. I'm t- the cookie mint. Like, I'm, I'm out on a mint cookie. I'm, I'm anti-mint cookie. But then how are so you pro-mint chocolate chip ice cream? It's weird. It's a very strange thing. It's a very strange thing. It's probably the texture. It's probably that, but I'm out on the mint cookie. What's your number one ranked Girl Scout cookie then? Oh, the Dosey Dose. The dosi dos I don't know what those dos. are. Yeah, the dosi dos yeah. What's the one that's uh, chocolate and peanut butter? Tagalongs, that's oh, what that's I just what, said. I know yeah. they changed the names, yeah. so tagalongs, yeah. those are fire. Exactly, exactly, so, yeah. All right, next, Pat. All right, last. What just happened to you? <laughs> what just... I don't know. You okay? Something just happened with Nuno. What happened to Nuno? I don't know. Well, you got to give it. You just stopped you in your tracks. Give us some details, he please. He just screamed all of a sudden. Nuno, get on the microphone. What's wrong what with happened? you? Nothing, I just... You know when you're thinking about something and a, a thought clicks in your head? That's what my reaction was. I was like, oh, yeah, so that's what happened. Middle of the segment. All wow. right. Anyway. All right, great okay. story. Thanks, Nuno. Great story. <laughs> um, I'm over Mike McDaniel and the funny, quirky guy. Oh, shtick. don't do this. It's, I'm just like, win some against a good team first. Like, when you've not had a good win this season. And everything's, like, funny and quirky and you're so goofy. It's not that funny. Everyone's overreacting. I, I think you're so wrong on this. No. So, I, hold on. Would you like his personality more if they were win- winning against quality opponents? Maybe. It's, it's the same guy either way. Yeah, I think it's interesting how people use their intelligence. I think Mike McDaniel's really, really, really smart. Yale graduate. And I think he uses his intelligence with heartfelt emotion and love for his players, right? Some guys, Belichick uses his intelligence to keep it simple, non-emotional, 
here's your job. Here's what you need to do. Move on from that. Like, that's it. I think what Mike McDaniel does and his ability to relate to his players and truly care about his players is an amazing way to use that level of intelligence. I'm with you, but I also think Mike McDaniel can be socially awkward. Two things can be true. You can be smart. You can be socially awkward. When you're winning, it's endearing. When you're losing, it's just awkward. And that's what happened out there in Germany. It was all fun and games when you go to the press conference before the game and saying, yeah, I know I'm bigger in person. That's all cool. We'll all get a laugh out of that. But when when you get your ass whipped and your high-powered offense only scores 14 points and gives up a scooping score to the Chiefs defense, it's not so funny then. When Tyreek Hill gets the faucet shut off, it's not so funny then. The shtick that you have then about, you know, potentially being a little quirky, that just comes off as being socially awkward. So I, I'm with Pat on that one. It wears thin when your team ain't out there lighting up the scoreboard. See, I don't think it's a shtick. I think that's who yeah, it is. I just like with you. Dan Campbell when he initially did his press conference and about biting kneecaps and he gave the coffee order, we thought, is this a, a guy playing a character? But then we learned that's really who he is. I think this is who Mike McDaniel is. We haven't had any more awkward Dan Campbell press conferences, though. Mike McDaniel seems to try to make it awkward at one moment or another every time he's in front of a camera. And I guess my whole point is he's going out of his way to try to be funny when he doesn't have to be. See, I think that's really him, though. I don't think he's going out of his way. And I think he's actually, and I'm not a Dolphins fan, I think he's easy to root for. I think that's the kind of person that the masses probably want to see win more than Belichick. Right? They don't like the grumpy. The masses don't like the grumpy. McDaniel is smiling. He's doing bits. He's running for the camera, running away from the cameras. Yeah, Belichick's the villain. Yeah. I think that people, the masses, would love to see that kind of personality win at that position, which never sees that kind of personality, right? He is different than Tom Coughlin or Bill Parcells, who you played for. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.